It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley, this is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. Hello, Barracuda fans. Welcome to another edition of CUDA Confidential. I'm your host, Nick Nolenberger. Oh, what a week it was. The Barracuda were scheduled to play on Tuesday in Texas, the third game of three over five days. But the game was postponed due to frigid temperatures in Texas. The team was then scheduled to fly back to Arizona on Wednesday to take on the Tucson Roadrunners beginning on Thursday for three games over a four-day period. But their commercial flight on Wednesday was canceled due to continued weather conditions in Texas. With Austin still not open for incoming or outbound flights on Thursday, the team hopped back on the bus and traveled three hours to Houston, where they were able to fly out on Thursday back to Arizona. But during the trip to Houston, the team was informed that the Tucson Roadrunners had a COVID issue, resulting in the postponement of the next three games that were scheduled to be played against the Roadrunners in Tucson starting on Friday after Thursday's game was rescheduled. Because of the news, the team was able to fly back to the Bay Area for the first time this season on Friday. So in total, the Barracuda played four games of a scheduled nine. One was officially canceled, and the other four were postponed. The Barracuda did pick up their first win of the season in Texas on Friday, February 13th, and now boasts a record of 1-2-1 one, and one so far this season, good for fourth in the AHL's Pacific Division. The Barracuda are scheduled to play their next game on Thursday at Solar for America Ice at San Jose against the Bakersfield Condors. It'll mark the first game for the Barracuda in San Jose since they took on the San Diego Goals on March 7th, 2020. That was 355 days ago. The Condors will enter Thursday's game having won their last two including a 3-0 win over the Henderson Silver Knights on Saturday night. Serving the Golden Knights' top affiliate, their first blemish in franchise history, Henderson entered Saturday's game with a 4-0 record. On the other side, Bakersfield had dropped its first five games to start the season, but have since picked up wins in their last two. From a Barracuda standpoint so far, you have got to love the fact that the team's big guns have been that so far this season. Joachim Blickfeld has been simply excellent through his first four games in the AHL this year. So has fellow Dane Alexander True and Swede Joel Shellman, who began the season up top with the Sharks but has three assists over his last two games in the American Hockey League. There's lots of good things to say about the youngsters as well. Rookie Jake McGrew, who had an excellent start to his professional career in Allen with the Americans, 
has began to find his stride in the AHL, Agrua's points in his last two games. Brinson Pashnuk, who was signed as a free agent from Arizona State this past offseason, has two points so far this year. And John Leonard, who began the season with the Sharks, played two games with the Barracuda, picked up two points, returned back to the NHL, and had goals in back-to-back games for the Sharks before their win over the St. Louis Blues on Saturday night. Oh, and Jaden Holmgawaks, who led the Barracuda last season with 19 goals, picked up his first of the year on Friday. Blickfeld has really been the standout so far this season for the Barracuda from a points perspective. He's been on a tear over his last three games, collecting two goals on Saturday in a 5-3 loss to the Stars, and currently ranks tied for eighth in the AHL in points per game, averaging one and a half per contest. Blickfield has two points in each of his last three games. I'd expect to see the second-year pro up in the NHL in the very near future if he continues this trajectory. The unique 2020 season, unique at this point is an understatement, has ballooned the Barracuda's roster at times this year. We've seen over 30 players on the team's roster. A result of that is lots of players sitting out, not necessarily an ideal development in a development league. That's why on Friday, the club announced that it was going to assign five players to the ECHL's Allen Americans. That list includes forward Steen Paschik, Christopher Beek, Kyle Topping, Joe Gareffa, and defenseman Chaz Redekop. With the Sharks embarking on an eight-game homestand starting on Monday, we should expect to see lots of roster movement between the NHL, Taxi Squad, and AHL. We could see defenseman Christian Yaros also make his long-awaited Barracuda debut on Thursday. He's been dealing with quarantine and border requirements since the Sharks traded for Yaros back on January 27th. The Sharks also announced that they have sent back rookies Ozzie Weisblatt and Trista Robbins to their respective WHL squads. The WHL announced that its East Division would begin play in a couple of weeks. The Sharks also reassigned goaltender Josef Kozhenash and forward Maxime Latunov to the Barracuda. Both have been stashed away on the Sharks' practice squad over the last couple of weeks. We will get a complete update on the Barracuda from General Manager Joe Will. That's all coming up next. You're listening to Cuda Confidential on the Sharks Audio Network. The future of car buying is here. Hey, it's Shondell Grant of the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Oak Tree Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. And I'm proud to present No Brainer Checkout. Shop online, buy online. Get loan pre-approval. Customize your payments from start to finish. The entire car buying process is all online. No-brainer checkout exclusively from the Bay Area DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. This is the General Manager Joe Will Show on the San Jose Barracuda Audio Network. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. We're welcomed by the general manager of the San Jose Barracuda, Joe Will. As always, Joe, we certainly appreciate the time. We had postponements in Texas due to weather. We had postponements in Tucson due to COVID protocols. The team is finally back in the Bay Area after a long, drawn-out training camp and start to the regular season. There's been uh, some changes to the schedule already, as we alluded to with weather and COVID. 
I don't think anybody went into this year thinking it was going to be easy this season. Certainly an interesting start, but I think everybody's just excited to be back in the swing of things. Uh, Give us your thoughts on the first road trip for the group, uh, getting training camp out of the way, kind of weathering the storm that was hosting everything out in the state of Arizona. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's first of all, it's great to be back. Um, you know, we're, we're now back into a situation to where the, the Sharks and the Barracuda are back in the Bay Area. And, and we tried to sync that to where we get to a point to where we'd have a, a much more favorable schedule, um, you know, after the COVID surge, after the county opened things up and all that. So I think that's, that's going to be, you know, really, really beneficial. And, you know, as we look back at this, uh, all you can really say is I, I, I give the players and the staff so much credit that, you know, they, they handled this adversity very well. You know, they're handed about everything that, that you know, and they, a, a lot of times these players are, are young, uh, young people, young players, everything else. And they're getting into some real life situations, having to deal with the pandemic, having to deal with the tragic uh, weather in, in, in Texas and everything else. And, and I give everybody so much credit for, for the, the mature way that they handled it. And, uh, you know, I think our, our team just kept uh, doing their thing whenever we could, you know, going to the rink and practicing, getting prepared for games. It was a nine game stretch. We ended up playing four of the nine. Uh, I, I'm going to see if I can get at, at, at least a couple of those Tucson games made up at some point, uh, probably likely end, end of the uh, end of the season. But uh you know, I, I think now that we're back in San Jose, we're going to have a much more favorable schedule between the, the Sharks and the Barracuda and ability to, to move players back and forth and truly use the uh, development model that we set up. I was actually going to give you my next question. The schedule originally 40 games. You canceled game number one due to COVID protocols with Tucson moved up your second game to that Sunday. So then you're at 39 games, but now we have a few postponements. You mentioned you're going to try to reschedule some of the Tucson games maybe later in the season. You've got Texas coming out to the Bay Area as well. So at this point, I don't know if you can answer the question, but the thought maybe moving forward is try to put those games back onto the schedule. But these things, I'm assuming at this point, are still kind of ever evolving and you kind of play it by ear and, and try to fit them in where you can. Yeah, they everything really is evolving. And the one thing the AHL did is said, you know, first and foremost, every team agreed that the, the most important thing about this year is development and readiness for the for the NHL. That's the reason why there's there's not as uh, much of a focus on, on playoffs and such. Uh, I think there's going to be some divisional playoffs, but that's still actually being worked out. But this is more you know, just about having your, your, your depth players and your development players uh, playing this year. So the, the AHL has given every team, you know, individually and collectively a lot of flexibility in the way that they build their schedules, make up games, things like that. It's really for the making up of games. It's more between the two teams. You know, they know that, uh, well, first of all, the, the, the way it's, it's made with the divisions, we have some teams that have scheduled as, as few as 24 games, and even in our own division, we have some teams that started with 38, others that started with 44. Um, so what, what they've done is they said, you know, we'll give you your 40 games. Uh, hopefully it stays at 40 games. But if it doesn't, you, you decide with the other team if you're going to make them up and, and, if, and if it makes sense. And everything we're trying to do is if it makes sense for depth and development and safety of our players. Uh, we do want to play the most games we possibly can, but only if it works within that context. So that's going to be my next question with the big club. Now that they are back in the Bay Area, about to embark on a long homestand, you've got the Barracuda back practicing out of Solar for America ice as well. So now you can have some of that symmetry 
that we talked about right at the start with the two teams, because usually they are, you know, in lockstep, there's that, that balance between the two clubs, but for the most part, things are aligned and aligned on purpose. So now that the two teams are back in the barrier, do you see kind of the recalls and the ebb and flows between the taxi squad and the NHL? Do you find that, uh, do you see that being a little bit more streamlined now that the two teams are kind of in the same spot? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, not only the geographical, um, you know, closeness of, of being back in San Jose for both clubs right now. Uh, the Barracuda is just going to bus places now. So we're not going to have any uh, commercial flights, which is problematic with quarantining and, and, and such. Uh, and, and both clubs have a very favorable home schedules now that we've knocked off a, a, a good chunk of games on the road. So that, that's all really a, a huge advantage for us. And, and then at the same time is, uh, you know, we've, we've done every measure we possibly can with the Barracuda to mimic the, the requirements of the uh, National League. So we've, we've, you know, went to single rooms, we've went to uh, uh, double buses, uh, we test every day, we do everything we possibly can so that the players uh, with the Barracuda are eligible to, to come up to the Sharks and, and vice versa without, uh, you know, any, any major quarantining issues and things like that. So our, our are, you know, as everybody knows now there's, there's COVID experts and, and then talking with them, they've really, uh, you know, given us the best guidance for, for keeping players eligible to go between the two teams. We're talking to general manager, Joe Will. Joe, the team's back in the Bay Area, as we've talked about. Is it a relief from your standpoint just to have the group back in San Jose? I know from, from uh, my standpoint, being with the team and getting back with the, all the weather and everything that went into that road trip, it certainly is a, a nice feeling being home. Um, from your standpoint, is it nice to have the group back and under you know the roof of your own practice facility and back in your home city? Absolutely. I mean, to be back at, at uh, Solar for America Ice and, and at SAP Center, uh, it, you know, it's great. It's a, it's a feeling of home. We have our facilities the way we want them. Um, you know, just the, the closest now that, uh, that we can actually, the, the coaches and everybody else can, can watch both teams. You know, this is a week to where we have, have uh, uh, we have three Sharks games and we have uh, three Barracuda games, uh, you know, all in town, which is great. So there's going to be, you know, a lot of, a lot of symmetry, ability to move players back and forth, ability to, to watch players and exactly, you know, why we put this together. And then, and then just plus, uh, I think it's just a, a relief for, uh, you know, a re- a relief for both teams to be back and, and just on home ground, see their families and everything else. Looking at the Sharks roster in St. Louis, you've got Nick Malosh in the lineup, uh, you know, as you, as part of your, your third pairing on the blue line, Nikolai Kanishov has been uh Excellent this year going up to the NHL for his first full-time stint after spending almost all of last year in the AHL. Looking at those two examples, are those just prime examples of why having an AHL team so close, playing AHL games, you know, continuing with development is so important because this is a crucial season for a lot of young players that maybe they won't contribute this year with the Sharks, but they could be in the lineup as early as next season. Absolutely. It tells you a few things. I mean, first of all, there's just an odometer of games, no matter how, how good you are, you just need that much experience. You, you have to be able to see uh, pro hockey a bit. You have to be able to play against bigger, quicker, stronger, older guys and, you know, and survive it and, and learn some things along the way. And that's, you know, 
with uh, Nishoff last year, with Malash last year. That's what they did. They just they just built miles on their on their player odometer and and learned in a lot of different situations. And this year, I give them a lot of credit. They were very ready over the summer. I think they knew going into this year that there were going to be opportunities. The Sharks had a tough year last year. And the other thing too is. I mean, Doug called out the entire organization on, on having a better training camp. You know, he said, we didn't have a great training camp in, uh, in 2019 and even back to 2018. So he said, you know, I want a much better one in 2020. Uh, and, and, and we had it, you know, went down to uh, uh, Arizona uh, with all these, uh, you know, adversities that we had, the players were very serious and some guys grabbed jobs, you know, as you, as you can tell uh, by the guys that got it, it was pretty much opened up. I mean, uh, Noah Gregor, Johnny Leonard, uh, you know, Malash, uh, um, Nishoff, and, uh, you know, so many other players, you see the opportunities of the Sasha Chimileskis and other players that are playing too. This is really, you know, uh, uh, available to anybody who wants to grab it. Talking about Arizona and going through that training camp, so unique. It wouldn't have been by choice, certainly, but because of county protocols, you guys had to adapt and have training camp out there. Maybe when the players are in the midst of it, when the staff is in the midst of it, and you've been on the road for, for some of these guys for over a month, do you think as players look back, as staff look back, this could almost be a galvanizing moment, being that everybody was in Arizona together. They had to hang out with each other, although everybody had to spend time in their own rooms and didn't get that you know that time to, to build those bonds like you normally would. But you think as people reflect and the season moves on, that could be a point where, you know, it almost brings the group closer together, brings the organization closer together. It absolutely is. We get a little preview of that in the 2020 Stanley cup playoffs when they had the bubble up in Edmonton and in Toronto. And if you watch teams, you could see teams like Dallas who really came together. They're playing for one another that they, they kind of got it, you know, why, why they were there, what they were doing. They got closer as a team and you could see other teams where the body language was horrible, you know, like where players went out there and you could just kind of tell they didn't want to be there. And so the, the, your mental view of this is, is so important to, as to how you perform as a team and as, as individuals. And I give our guys credit, uh, like, okay, you know, starting with the Sharks going, you know, basically now, um, you know, last night on the uh, uh, 16th game of the year that, that they're at 500 with uh, all but two of those games uh, being on the road. And, and the last four games have actually really kind of picked up. So I give them credit because they, they came in, you know, it was pretty sobering seeing what happened with some of the, uh, you know, COVID situations, what happened in Texas for the Barracuda, everything else. And our players just, uh, uh, you know, were very, very professional along the way. Tristan Robbins, Ozzy Weisblatt, a couple kids drafted in this last draft. They would not have a chance to play in the American League and get pro games in a normal season. But they do get some preseason games. They do get some regular season games at the AHL level. Both will be going back to junior with the Western Hockey League's Eastern Conference opening back up. But how valuable for those two young players as they go back to junior, how, how much value do you think they can take in and have taken from the experience being around pros and getting some pro games under their belt? It's huge. I mean, usually uh, the 18 to 19 year old players, you see them like when we saw Chekovich and uh, Chimileski a couple of years ago, usually see them after their junior season. But the way that it was done this year is uh, we were able to have them before because they're uh, the WHL was not not going. But uh, the other part that's that's more important is we drafted these players. They didn't get a training camp. They didn't get a, a conditioning camp. They you know, we didn't even get to shake their hands after the draft. So the, the fact that they could come in 
and they could spend the time with teammates. They could spend the time with staff. They could kind of, you know, learn some of these skills and systems that we teach, uh, and and basically get a little taste of of you know higher level hockey. It's just so huge for them. It's going to pay you know huge dividends. And you know, as you're looking at that, this is going to be a funny year because I don't know exactly how long their WHL seasons are going to go, but we may also see them at the end of the year. And we're going to see different players at different points in the year. College hockey is going to be done probably in about a month for most teams. So we may see some college players coming in. Uh, we may see uh, Ivan Chekovich come back in about a month because uh, his season in Russia, they go into playoffs, I think, uh, in next week already in, uh, in Russia. So he could come over sooner than later. So there's uh, I think it's going to be just a lot of ebbs and flows of, of players coming in and out of the lineup, depending on other leagues around the world and, and their, their timelines. It almost feels a little bit like Christmas. You open all your gifts and then all of a sudden your parents say, Hey, we got a couple more for you. We'll get an opportunity to see some of these players that have been playing college hockey, uh, potentially at the end of the season, something uh, we might not normally get. One player played last year at the college ranks, John Leonard. We saw him start the season with the sharks played in seven games, had the two assists in his first NHL game. Then from a point standpoint, was unable to get back into the score sheet over those seven games. Comes down to the American Hockey League, scores in his AHL debut, goes back up to the Sharks, and before the last game against St. Louis, had goals in back-to-back games. Small sample size at the AHL level, but it almost seemed like that short stint with the Barracuda for Leonard really helped just gain some confidence, you know, get the puck on his stick a lot, get some extra minutes, some big ice time in it. And it certainly seemed like it has paid uh, a big uh, dividends for him going back up to the NHL. It really does. It, you know, a lot of times players just have to, when they, when they come to the American league, they can take a breath and kind of just restart the clock on everything. And that's, that's kind of what happens. I mean, you, you look, Logan Couture had to do it many, many times in, uh, you know, in his rookie season had to go go back and forth. Uh, Joe Pavelski went back and forth. Uh, I remember, you know, uh, specifically Matt Nieto had played, you know, a few years of college. So when he came out and he, uh, he started with the Sharks and he came down to the the Worcester Sharks actually, and, uh, and had a tremendous weekend. And uh, when he went back, you know, he, he never, never looked back. And that was uh, Roy and I kid about that all the time. I say, Roy, just don't, don't answer your phone because it's pretty much to to call one of these guys back so but he did happen to answer the phone with John Leonard so that's why we brought him back to the NHL uh, you know tongue-in-cheek but it's uh it's it's really good to be able to do that it just kind of kind of resets it for players we're talking to the general manager of the San Jose Barracuda Joe Will one last question for you Joe talking about another specific player Joachim Blickfeld tremendous rookie season last year in the American Hockey League just getting used to the pro level you guys sent him back down to start the year with the Barracuda and so far so good he has points in three straight games he's second among all AHL skaters with six points so far this season he's a guy certainly we'd expect to see at some point getting another look at the NHL this season, being that it's just year number two for him. But that's got to be encouraging from the organization standpoint that he has went down and he has taken advantage of some games in the American Hockey League. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he's done very well all the way through, I think, starting at camp and all the way through. I was actually talking to Bob Bugner about it the other day. And, uh, you know, Bob brought him up last year in the in the spring when he took over as coach and and he got some NHL experience then. And what we like about him, he's, he's a little bit bigger. He's the right shot. Uh, and, and of course, the most important thing is how he can shoot and score. 
So he's, he's really developing well. Uh, he's been very consistent. I think it's just a matter of time as to when he, when he gets into the lineup. And that's the thing right now is we, we actually have a lot of players that, that, you know, are worthy of coming up to the Sharks. It's just basically, you know, defined more by uh, Sharks needs and things like that. So uh, I think with a number of these players, including Joachim uh, uh, Blakefeld, they'll be coming up. Yeah, I think that's the encouraging part of it all. If you look at the Barracuda roster and the points scored so far, the guys you expect to be on the score sheet have been so in the early going. The Alexander Trues, the Joachim Blickfels, the Jaden Holmgawak. So that's certainly an encouraging sign. And for Blickfeld, one thing uh, every NHL team is looking for is more scoring. And he's certainly a guy who's proven so far, at least at the AHL level and during his junior career, that he can fill the back of the net. Joe, we can't thank you enough for the time. Really appreciate the insight. Looking forward to doing this uh, once a month. And uh, nice to nice to catch up and certainly excited to see you around the rink now that the uh, the group's back in the Bay Area. It sure is. I can't wait for the games this week. Thanks, Nick. We had a chance to catch up with the voice of the Bakersfield Condors, Ryan Holt, before the season began. We'll play part of that interview when we return to help set the stage for Thursday's game between the Barracuda and the Condors. You're listening to Cuda Confidential on the Sharks Audio Network. And now, a moment of chill from Coors Light. (laughs) Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill after the short but cold beer run from hot tub to cabin. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. The entire hockey world mourned the loss of forward Colby Cave, a member of the Oilers organization this past offseason. What are the Condors doing this upcoming year to honor the uh, late Colby Cave? Yeah, it's uh, we kind of talked about this just internally and a lot of for a lot of us, we've been off for the last, you know, seven, eight months, nine months here, Um, you know, so kind of going from zero to to 100 here pretty quick in in terms of putting the ice in and, and getting everything thing ready here in, in Condor's town. And it's kind of been a little bit of a fire drill, but uh, you know, he was kind of the first thing I thought of coming back into this building for the first time since, you know, almost March. And, and uh, you know, Joe Gambardella kind of mentioned it yesterday is, you know, the team hasn't been together really since, you know, his untimely passing and, and it's unfortunate, um, you know, what, what kind of happened, uh, you know, with the team not being able to be together. Um, it, it's just a, you know, a really, you know, crap situation all around. And, um, you know, here we are almost, you know, 10 months, 11 months later. Um, and, and we needed to make sure that, that Colby was a presence, uh, in the dressing room, on the ice, uh, in the arena as well, too. And added to the fact that we can't have fans in the building as well. And it's it's kind of a weird situation. But um, we do have a, a logo at Center Ice, CC26, um, you know, Colby's initials and number here in Bakersfield. So that's right at Center Ice, uh, right under our, our, our main logo, the, the primary logo. So um, always on the ice with us, as Joe Gambardella mentioned. And um, we'll have a banner behind the bench that, that'll say we skate for Colby, which was the, the hashtag that the NHL used back uh, during the play, playoffs in the postseason uh, last season. And then there's a, a little uh, memorial inside the dressing room, too, uh, that kind of, uh, you know, just touches home that, that Colby is always with the team, you know, no matter where we go. 
Yeah, I know. It's, I'm sure it's a tough topic to uh, to talk about. It's still fresh on many people's minds. Um, quickly shifting gears, you mentioned a few of the guys who will be coming in, but give us an idea um, on who Ken Holland and the entire organization is excited about coming into the mix this upcoming season and playing some games in Bakersfield. Yeah, I think uh, you know. I think it's you know first and foremost. I think Olivier Rodrigue, you know, getting the opportunity that he's going to get at least early on, I think is huge for the organization. So, um, you know, this is going to be, you know, invaluable experience for him in kind of, as I mentioned, a, a no pressure uh, kind of situation. And then I think they're, they're extremely high on Ryan McLeod in, in terms of what he can do moving forward. So, um, you know, he had a shortened year last year too, in his rookie season with, as you know, just about everyone did. And now he comes back for year two. Can he take the next step? And they're really high on him second round draft pick, but 40th overall. So it's really almost a, an extended first round draft pick uh, for Ryan McLeod. So uh, I'm excited to see what he can do in year two. Um, I think he's the the biggest name, I think, moving forward uh, for this organization and, and a guy who, let's face it, just because of the situation in the world right now, there's probably not gonna be a lot of movement between Edmonton and Bakersfield. So you might get a full season out of Ryan McLeod in the AHL, but if this had been a normal year with an October start, a fully open border, back and forth transactions every other day, I think he would have gotten, you know, some significant NHL time, you know, this year, but uh, you know, this is the situation and, and they want him playing. That's why he's here and not on the taxi squad. They, they want guys playing, um, you know, down here in Bakersfield. So uh, I, I think, I think they're really high on him and what his potential can be, especially as a centerman. That's going to do it for this episode of Cuda Confidential. A big thanks to Joe Will and Ryan Holt. A reminder, the Barracuda will be back on the airwaves this upcoming Thursday, starting at 5.30 with our pregame show for a scheduled 6 o'clock puck drop between the Cuda and the Condors. We'll be live from Solar for America Ice. Oh my, it'll be nice to be back in San Jose. You can listen to the game as always at sjbarracuda.com slash listen via the Sharks plus SAP Center app and you can watch the game live for a small fee on AHL TV. I'm Nick Nolenberger thanking you for listening and so long until Thursday. Thursday.